Hey, this is Jerry Lynn, and you're live and in color with Wolfie D. Hey, this is Jimmy Street, host of the Live and in Color with Wolfie D podcast. Hear the life and times of professional wrestler Wolfie D. From his time in the territories with PG-13 to his time in WWE, ECW, WCW, TNA, and more. Nothing is off limits and nothing will be held back. Thanks again for tuning in. Here he is, Wolfie D. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome once again to Live and in Color with Wolfie D. I'm Wolfie D, and I got my man Jimmy across the street. Hanging what up, in. what up? <laughs> <laughs> man, our our last um, episode was so awesome, man. He's the talk of the town, the road dog, and, and we did huge numbers with him, man. I'm, I'm so glad we had him on, and... Thank you, everybody that listened and, and gave us feedback, man. That was awesome. And and what great timing, right? Yeah. Oh, man, I couldn't. I mean, we really couldn't have planned it anymore had right. we had him talk about it, which I don't think he even knew that he was getting this job at the no, time of I, recording. So I don't either, man. And 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 I, and I told you, like, uh, I don't know, the other day when he told me, hey, man, cafe, but right. Uh, I got yeah. this position, so I kayfabe for like two hours, and then uh, it was all over the internet. And then I texted him. I said, "I kayfabe for two hours." <laughs> <laughs> it's like, thank you. I mean, good for him, dude. You know, yeah. th- if you didn't, if you haven't listened to those episodes, for sure, go back. And yeah. you landed on the Jerry Lynn episode. We're happy about that for sure. But go back and listen to those Road Dog episodes because honestly, it will tell you the mind of that man and how much he needs to be in pro wrestling. You know, yeah, absolutely, man. He's he's so smart, um, and and I, it, it couldn't go to a better guy. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Uh, the fact that uh, he took Jeff's job is. Oh man, that's that's brutal because they're friends. You know what I mean? Like best friends, right? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that's that's uh, man, that's that sucks. It have, does. How you buddy? Hey, I just took your job, but you know. Anyway, same team, right? <laughs> same, yeah. Because before we get off of Road Dog, man, when I was editing the shows, I, you know, of course, I have to listen to the whole show again. What's so funny is because, like, you when you and he were talking, and and even when he and I were talking, or all three of us, he had this kind of laid back manner about him. But if you if you listeners go back and listen to when we were turning it into the business stuff, he almost takes it to another gear. And and it's even down to his vocal, like you can hear him really get it, you know, like he is really fired up about the wrestling business. You know what I'm saying? So it's good that he's in it. We need people like him in this business, you know? Absolutely. And I am, uh, I can't wait to see what's going to happen next, you know, as far as WWE goes. I mean. Honestly, you've got DX running WWE right now. So I know. That should be pretty cool. It should be at least. Maybe we can get Nation of Domination to run the NXT or something. How's that? <laughs> Imagine me, me, Ron, Jamie, and D'Lo. <laughs> All running the NXT. That would be amazing, actually. <laughs> That'd be hilarious. But, man... Let's uh let's smarten everybody up. I mean, obviously, uh, we got Jerry Lynn today, and I can't wait. I've known Jerry for years, man. I've known Jerry for years. We're gonna do this watch along uh, of the only time that me and Jerry have ever wrestled each other. And like I said, I've known Jerry. Whoa. 
25, 30 years, man. And, and what a good dude, man. They say when Bobby passed that uh, Jerry is the uh, nicest guy in the wrestling business now. And, and I totally agree with that, man. He's a yeah. good and I can't wait to talk to him and just find out stuff like I've said a thousand times, man. I've known these people that we have on here for years, but I was never one to, you know, hey, what did you do when you was a kid? That type of thing. And uh, so this is this is cool. I, I love this show. And thank you, Jimmy, for uh, making this possible. And, and I can't wait to talk to Jerry. Oh, me too, man. And and thank you for making it possible, brother. You're the stories and the and the guests and the buddies and all that. We just we just have fun with it, man. I, I love this show too. So we're definitely gonna kill it. And honestly, you know, with the Road Dog episode now, Jerry Lynn, I mean, honestly, we've picked up new listeners now. Yeah. And, you know, get active with us. Rate and review us on Apple, Spotify, get on the social media. Let us know what you want to hear. You know, we're gonna be running an Ask Wolfie D anything soon. So you know look yeah. out for those questions all right man well let's take a break let's uh hear from our sponsors and uh we'll come back with uh jerry lynn after these messages hey it's kaylee cuoco for priceline ready to go to your happy place for a happy price well why didn't you say so just download the priceline app right now and save up to 60 percent on hotels so whether it's cousin kevin's kazoo concert in kansas city go kevin or becky's bachelorette bash in bermuda you never have to miss a trip ever again so download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hey, folks, to get your official Live It In Color with Wolfie D merchandise, go to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash Live Wolfie D. Check it out. If you're listening to Live and in Color with Wolfie D on Apple Podcast and like what you're hearing, go ahead and leave a five-star rating. And while you're at it, write a review. Tell us what you liked. Tell us what you'd like to hear in the future. It's very important to us and always appreciated. Thanks again. All right, folks, we're back. Thank you so much for listening to our sponsors. Uh, they mean a lot to us. And, man, I just cannot wait to introduce my next guest. I've had a lot of people on here, but this guy goes back with me, jeez, uh, 30 years. Um, and the funny part is he and I have only wrestled each other one time in that 30 years. I don't know if I should say Mr. JL, if I should say Jerry Lynn or all the names that you had. Jerry, what's up, man? Oh, it's funny you say all the names I had. I really didn't have a lot. I think <laughs> Mr. L was the only other one, and I and I didn't come up with that name. I wanted to be called something else, but they slapped that on me without any thought, like about you, an hour before going live. What do you want to be called? I was just throwing out names like the Phantasm or the Cyber Knight or stuff like that. Oh, that's they good. Yeah, they yeah. want they didn't have time to research anything without. Uh, you know, infringing any on any copyrights. So, right, right. That was thrown on me at the last minute, and I thought this is the beginning of the end. <laughs> <laughs> I just assumed it was kind of like a luchador idea. They were trying to, like, you know, kind of modify a certain luchador name on you. Well, but no, that makes sense. Yeah, it was my idea to come up with a math gimmick because no one in the states at the time was doing one. Yeah, and 
And I thought at the time the Power Rangers were huge on TV. So I thought I'd come up with something sort of like Power Rangers or alien-like. And then I had a guy I was working with at a screen printing shop help me come up with the design. And and they they loved the, the look of the outfit and stuff, but they just slapped that name on me. So it was uh, I thought it was so obvious. So it, during matches, I'd run around when I'm in, out there with a lot of the other luchadors, and I'd yell, Viva Mexico, to throw the fans off or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I awesome. tell you, man, uh, you know, like I said earlier, me and you have known each other for a long time, but before, like, you got in the business, uh, what, 88? Mm-hmm. Okay. So I got in uh, at 15, about a year and a half or so later after that. So I was watching um, at that age, I was watching you, uh, what was it, GWF, you and uh, uh, Sean, Sean. Xbox when he was a uh, lightning kid, man. I remember watching those matches and just being like, wow, man, these sons yeah. just go, man. Yeah, I agree. It was fun. We had before global, we had like a two year feud. And then, uh, I think I had left and gone to, uh, and worked for the old Memphis territory, USWA, and then went back to Minneapolis. And then, we, uh, I'm trying to think that, Oh yeah. And then we just restarted our feud again when, or continued it when I got back. And then Eddie Gilbert called and said, you guys want to do your feud on down here in Dallas? We said, hell yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> Y'all had some great matches, man. And I actually, before I called you earlier, I kind of went back and just looked at it just to remember if it still looked like it did when I was that age and everything. And it did, man. You guys, you guys could go and and you were doing shit back then that like really hadn't happened yet. You know, that style, that fast pace, all the, you know, flips and flops, but you guys and you till the end of your career, you did all that stuff, but the difference for me and what I see now is you guys sold, and that's just the difference. You still went fast, well, but you sold. Well, we loved all the different styles of wrestling. We would get together just about every day and watch tapes of what we could find of Japan and Mexico and England, and we just tried to incorporate it all together. And then, you know, and we, uh, you know, we were tired of all these big gassed up giants just wanting to you know they were happy with just clotheslining and hip tossing and stuff we wanted to make it a little more exciting yeah yeah so and that's how we came up with it we just you know we wanted to make it fun for us too yeah that's awesome and watching you though i mean like i said you sold man and that's just the difference of and and i really want to hear your opinion on this i mean because we know you work for aw we know they i mean on the internet you know how the wrestling fans are and now they've kind of, yep. I feel like they kind of switched on AEW. Like that was the, the greatest thing ever. Now all of a sudden they're, they're knocking everything. What do you think about the style that is AEW? And, and, and you know what I mean? What, what do you think yeah. about the style? Is there anything that, um, you would fix or do you think it's okay? I mean, no, there's a lot. I mean, there's certain things like, you know, the business, every year changes and evolves and the moves get more dangerous and spectacular, just like the X games. Yeah. yeah but you just yeah. get them all in where they belong in the puzzle. And, yeah. uh, we, you know, right now, like you said, selling is so important. Yeah. Uh, and you know, I, you know, we always hate the word fake. 
because we all know what, that the the uh, the physicality in pro wrestling is all too real, and the human yeah. body wasn't. So you know, what we do time get to do that. It does hurt. <laughs> you know, yeah, and it does hurt. So I, I tell the guys, show out there in your match that it does hurt. Yeah. Otherwise, and you know, I feel I felt like in my career. If I didn't sell and I didn't show that, man, this stuff hurts, I'm, I'm taking bumps for nothing and destroying my body for nothing. Right. And then the minute you don't show them that or that it really does hurt, they do think it's all fake and they just sit there on their hands and go, eh, he's okay. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of, yeah. Uh, I feel like a lot of the guys like watch action movies. And I, and I said this to like a few guys that I trained and stuff. Yes, that all looks good, but let's remember they've got camera angles, they've got CGI, they've got all this stuff, and I feel like a lot of the guys are trying to do stuff like that, and, and you really can't. I mean, it, you know, in an action movie, it's like boom, 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 boom. Oh shit, what just happened? But you know, and I know in wrestling, you can't do that. You have to let the people let each move sink in. You know. Well, when you do watch some of the older action movies like say uh die hard you mm -hmm. saw bruce was selling and he was hurt right and they told the same story you know you get establish who's the good guy and who's the bad guy and there's heat and there's hope spots and then there's the big you know there's all it's the same thing and yeah. they do show always the hero is hurt and damaged and in danger and in peril you know otherwise yeah. you're not going to care about that hero and that's what's missing in wrestling a lot now and when you yeah. watch certain matches the guys who are selling and showing that this stuff does hurt that's the matches that the crowd is really involved in yeah, yeah. let me ask you this jerry <laughs> all right so the the move where uh darby jumped off the ladder onto uh jeff hardy mm -hmm. my take on that was yeah it went viral yeah i mean hell of a bump but to me that shouldn't have been that should have been like a let's let's put this guy off tv for a few weeks because he's hurt one of the two okay. somebody yep i mean i know it hurt <laughs> but what yeah. i'm saying storyline wise they just built it into the match and see i don't like that man that's what i'm saying like Sell that shit. That was an incredible, crazy bump. Why would you waste it like that? Because, like you said, it uh, it was a good uh, highlight. Everyone wants to make the highlight real, and they're all yeah. wrestling for, I don't even know how you say it, GIF. They're all wrestling for gifts on social media. Yeah, yeah, they're yeah. You're right. To tell the story and to suspend everyone's belief for a couple hours and get them actually emotionally invested in the match and care about your well-being. They're right. wrestling to make the highlight reel. Yeah. And I've compared it to regular sports because you see guys say, I've always made this analogy. You'll see people in the outfield in baseball uh, just, try and reach and be fancy and do a lackadaisical catch and make it look like it's no effort instead of kneeling down in front of a ball in case it takes a funny hop and blocking yeah. it with your body. Everyone wants to make the highlight reel yeah. in everything instead of uh, really grounding yourself in basic fundamentals, which is what really makes you a better player or a better worker or a better wrestler and everything is yeah. basic fundamentals. That's what will make, that's what makes a difference between 
to me and being indie-rific or looking professional. Yeah, agreed. Indie-rific. I like that word. <laughs> did you did you uh, coin that? Is that yours? I, I may have. I don't. I may have. But I, I love it. I'm I'm gonna run with it, man. Pro wrestling tease. Look for Jerry Lynn. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hey, let's go to the match that you and I have only wrestled each other one time in our friendship. All right. Dang, buddy, we're jumping WCW and everything. Okay. All right. <laughs> man. We'll go back to that man. All right, folks, we are about to watch one of the coolest matches that I've uh, had the pleasure of being a part of. And uh, I've watched it a couple of times. This is the first time I've seen it in a long time. Uh, this was almost exactly 20 years ago, Jerry. <laughs> oh, man. You feel old yet? <laughs> All right. So if everybody's ready, you got the link. Uh, so if everybody listening is ready and Jimmy's ready and Jerry's ready. Three, two, one. Go. And there they are. AJ Styles, Jerry Lynn walking down the ramp, man. This was the first time that I'd wrestled in the municipal auditorium. Uh, and then just uh, a couple of weeks ago, did it again. And he was in there too. Uh, crowbar in Ric Flair's last match. This was in the municipal? Yep. This was the municipal. Wow. It was the one time we ran municipal when TNA first started. Oh, okay. I know we didn't stay in that building long because it was very expensive with the union help loading in and loading out and stuff. Right, right, right. Man, this was, it's just so funny to look at all of us back then. <laughs> you know what? You're in great shape, now, man. One of my pet peeves I noticed already, we're all wearing black. <laughs> and I'm actually... Yeah good about that because i my whole career i've had three or four colors in my bag at all times yeah, I didn't yeah. match. That, that's old school man that's old school yeah. don't wear the same color as your opponent right here we go Ugh. Ooh. miss miss start. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> here oh we you go. dirty yeah boom <laughs> Oh, you know, <laughs> as I watch this, though, uh, there's a couple of PG-13 spots in here. And I know that because me and Jamie used to do them all the time. So I know that I, I called these. It's later on in the match. But. And that's one thing that disappoints me is I never got to wrestle PG-13, too. I was a fan of your guys' work. Man, we were... Uh, uh, man, you just don't get that kind of partner once in a lifetime. You know what I mean? We we were just right. We could look at each other and know what to do. Yeah, love this. I love this. Oh, you, there were my lower back. You well, guys are both in great shape here. Yeah, you are a good base. I gotta yeah. tell you. Being this is the only time we wrestled each other, it was a very pleasant surprise. Yeah, it, it was it was fun, man. Uh, like I said, I was always a fan of yours, man. And I, I'm glad that I know this. I remember this story was AJ and I were in a feud, and somehow we became a tag team and thrown together. So we weren't supposed to be actually working like we weren't getting along completely, but I'm glad we did a tag move together because I tell the guys nowadays, most tag matches look like four singles matches. 
Yeah. 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 And, and old crowbar here, man, what a heck of a worker, man. Um, yeah, he, he was good, man. He was my first partner. If you'll remember, it was him. Then they gave me Brian Lee and that's where the new church really took off. And then they gave me sin. They gave me flash Flanagan. It's like I had 4,000 partners in this, uh, faction. I miss Brian Lee. Oh I think man. I may have worked with him. I can't remember if I worked with him in Memphis or not, but he was good. Oh yeah, absolutely. And what a funny son of a gun he was. Oh yeah. Hilarious. <laughs> crowbar up these two had, uh, you notice how we do stuff like that like these two had worked with each other before and then for whatever reason me and you paired off you know like we did our mm-hmm. little shit and then they're doing their little shit and look at mitchell looking just like the devil yep <laughs> he's so good man he is so good he is he's great great promos yeah do you think I think he looks more evil now with no hair. Yeah. 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 Yep. Almost like Aleister Crowley. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anton LaVey, I think. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh Gary Hart uh, kind of too. <laughs> boom. Backflip. AJ man. He was a gymnast, right? Uh he was a, or a cheerleader a or something like that. Yeah, in college. Yeah. Is he one of the greatest of all time, you guys? Uh, AJ is damn good, yeah. Yes. It's funny at TNA when we were having our feud one day when we're, uh, Ooh, before the show, we're going over a match. He says, I'm your new RVD, aren't I? I said, yes, you are. <laughs> <laughs> we cannot skip over that. I've got to talk to you about RVD. So. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, AJ, was he could do anything. Oh, yeah. Crowbar was a baby face before this. Remember when he was Devin Storm? Yes. He wore that all green outfit or yeah. I think it was Yeah. He is a, Actually, a physical therapist now. Yeah. He's doing really well for himself. Ooh, that hurt. Mm. Those are just <laughs> that stiff chop, just pearl. <laughs> I like the ones that make a loud noise instead of the ones that sound like a sickening thud. Yeah, mm. yeah, exactly. Here we go. Nope. Look how agile he is. And watch this. I remember this. Look, AJ recovers on this because he almost slips. Watch. And that's mm-hmm. why the drop kick was low, but he recovered. Yeah. He was like a cat. He could adjust in midair. Yeah. I always hated taking a monkey flip. <laughs> it's Me one of the too. weirdest ones ever. It, it was, it's almost sort of like a, a back rub where you got to keep your chin up till that last second. Right. Some people could take them real good. Now, here comes the PG. Boom. Drop kicking to my partner. That's a JC Ice and Wolfie D right there. <laughs> and then yep. this one also with the double gimmick hair coming up. And it's so funny. Crowbar catches him. Look, AJ, grab me. Hold me. <laughs> <laughs> now, this pisses me off coming up right here. 
you backdrop me on the floor and I do not take floor backdrops. I take a high in ring backdrop and they go to a replay. Oh, of all times to go to a replay. And I took that son of a bitch high as hell. <laughs> a bump for nothing. Yeah, absolutely. Too bad they didn't have the double box. Right. Yeah, for sure. Here we go. That's your signature. And I like this right here. You hold him. And, and, and let me ask you, man. There's a move that guys are doing now where instead of you holding him, they hold their selves on the rope and wait for somebody to do something. I fucking can't stand that. I hate it. There's way too much of that. Or, uh, you know, the deer in the headlights and waiting for the guy. Yeah. Mm. Even uh, one of my pet peeves is when people want to run back and forth from turnbuckle to turnbuckle when the guy's got to stand there all day long and wait for you to run all the way across the ring to run all the way back. Yeah. 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 And you're staring at him like a deer in the headlights the whole time. And then there's no, uh, what's the word? There's no surprise. Right. It's all predictable. Devin shoots him off. Nice. Tracy Smothers elbow. I always hated that. I don't know where your fingers have been. Don't stick them in my mouth. <laughs> that and the spitting. Just pantomime the spit. I'll sell it. <laughs> yeah, don't spit on me. <laughs> mm. AJ takes this nice. Look at that. Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> I wanted to He was coming in to stop that shit. Well, yeah, I, <laughs> I stood out there while two guys are double teaming my guy. You know, I wanted to come to me sooner, though. <clears throat> I love this, though. This is the first time I did this on TV, and I did steal it from Al Perez, and they uh, they said that as soon as I do it. Shades of Al Perez. I remember <laughs> that move from back in the '80s, man. I love that move. That's what's great about Mike Tanay. He's an encyclopedia. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Hmm. Double. Oh. Double noggin knocker. Oh. And then a slobber knocker clothesline. Yeah. Uh-oh. Jerry's fixing to get the tag. Got to work that apron. <sighs> oh, shit. Mm. Oh, geez. I almost didn't get him over. <laughs> I know. <laughs> that scared me. <laughs> oh, I should have just. Tornado. Oh, nice face. That's another right there. Your signature again, the little bulldog gimmick. I can't remember who I stole that from. Maybe Mysterio. I don't know. Could have been. This is a great match, guys. Oh, I, I love this match. This is good. Yeah, we gave him some good action. Yeah. Ooh. 
I like how you take care of him on this. Oh yeah, I had sure, the, you made sure he cleared before you threw him. Yeah, I didn't want to have him to come down top heavy. Yeah. You know, and so much of the stuff I see today, it looks like they're working together to do the move. And, like, I haven't seen anything so far with us that looks Thank like you. it's working together. It just looks fluid, you know? Yeah. That's that's one of the – I tell the uh, guys, even if you've got a fancy flip-floppity-do, make it look this, like it could happen. This. Oh, yeah. He almost missed them. Good camera angle on that, actually. Yeah, because he he only hit him with his legs, I think. Still looked phenomenal, the AJ Styles. Mm-hmm. Nope. Good match, man. Thank you. Well, thank yeah. you. Yeah, it was. It was fun. <laughs> yeah. You looked a little ticked there. That's good. I like how you're selling that. Well, we were doing the deal where he was the rookie and he was soaking up all the glory. and Yeah. Yeah. All right. We'll be right back after these messages. Let's take a quick time out and get a word from one of my dope ass sponsors. And we'll be right back with more live and in color with Wolfie D. Hey folks, this is Wolfie D here. And if you are looking to buy or sell a home in Tennessee or Southern Kentucky, you're gonna wanna call my buddy, the rock star realtor, Benji Bowie. And you say, Wolfie, how do I get in touch with this rock star? Well, you can call him directly at 615-390-8216. You can go to his website, BowieHomes.com. That's B-U-I-E Homes.com. Or you can email him at BenBowie34 at gmail.com. When you need a home, you need the Rockstar Realtor. Benji is a member of Exit Realty's Garden Gate team in Gallatin, Tennessee. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, Everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Jade Roper, the Southern Closer, is here for you if you're looking to buy a home and need the best deal on a mortgage loan. Now, while Jade's heart and soul is helping that first-time home buyer, it doesn't matter if it's your first, second, or the dream home you've always wanted. She is there to help. Jade knows the area, the market, and she's invested in your community. She'd love to help you with all your home financing needs and will make it as easy as possible. All this makes her the official mortgage lender of the Live and in Color with Wolfie D podcast. Contact her today at 615-681-4282. Email at jroper at primeres.com or just visit thesoutherncloser.com.
NMLS 1794506. Licensed in Alabama, Florida, Georgia, Kentucky, and Tennessee. Powered by PRMI, NMLS 3094. PRMI is an equal housing lender. All right, Jerry, one thing that I wanted to talk to you about, you know, we talked about movies and action movies earlier. Tell us about your experience with the Crossing the Bridge movie. Oh, wow. Well, uh, Ed Starkey was friends with, man, I cannot remember his name. I think his name was Cal. He was a big uh, stunt coordinator in Hollywood. And they were shooting a movie in Minneapolis. And he told them about Sean and I and the our matches and fights and stuff. So he actually came out to watch one of our matches at that uh, one bar show we would run once a month. Yeah. And he liked it and wanted to use us in the scene in the movie. So we, it was, I found out Hollywood's not very uh, glamorous. It, we shot it from, it was a night scene. So we shot it in a high school parking lot in Edina from six at night till six in the morning. Mm. And we had to do 25 takes. They would set up everything at a, and do a certain camera angle, and we'd do five takes each, then tear everything down, reset it up for another angle, and over and over. And for effect, they would wet the asphalt so it would shine, the lights would shine and stuff for the night scene. And <laughs> I had to get thrown down pancake face first every take. And so <laughs> after every take, they had these two girls with these like hair dryer heaters that would come over and quickly try and dry my clothes off as fast as they could <laughs> halfway had another set, whole set of clothes for me to change into because it was hard to after every take to get me completely dry yeah but uh yeah so i found out it, it wasn't all that glamorous but we both got beat up by jason gedrick who is also he started in the first iron eagle and i don't know how many other shows yeah i think one yeah. of the others was in it and so it was it was interesting and <laughs> Here's a funny little thing. So this was in the middle of our feud. And uh, uh, one of the local commentators, Mick Karch, had a, a show, a weekly show called Mick Karch's Body Slam Review. I think it may have been on our community access channel or something. So we would go on there and do interviews and stuff to further our storylines. And and uh, so we did a thing. I had to get my hair cut to a certain length because of the time frame where the movie took place and all that. And so we did a thing on the show, on Mick's show, where him and his manager jumped me and held me down while Sean started cutting my hair off. <laughs> so on the set, when I had to get my hair cut, I saved all my hair. And Sean was good with computers, so we went to Kinko's, and he printed up these certificates of certificates of authenticity. <laughs> and we put the hair in, like, 20 Ziploc bags and stapled a certificate to each one. And he was the heel but he went out at intermission selling my hair and we sold 20 bags of my hair for four bucks each. We made 80 bucks on my hair. Wow. <laughs> wow. So, That's awesome. And there are probably yeah. 20 clones of you somewhere in the world. No, I'm just kidding. Right, I hope they didn't. Yeah, I'm thinking, I hope they didn't do any voodoo spells on me. <laughs> <laughs> That's Man, amazing. Me and, uh, me and Don Harris, um, I don't know if you remember this. I think you lived in Nashville at the time, but uh, me and Don Harris did a commercial for a car lot where same thing. I But I had, you, you said it was just straight concrete. At least I had a tumbling mat where I had to take all the bumps 
uh, it was with one of the Titans, Drew Bennett, and he would do stuff, and I'd take bumps, and 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 uh, and Donnie would too. But yeah, you just kept having to do it over and over and over, and it was like. I went home. I was like, "Oh my god, I ain't never had a match like this." <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> At least in a bump in a match, you don't have to take twenty five bumps. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, speaking of bumping, WCW. So you finally you you've kind of gone through, and, and I mean, we really didn't get to touch on AWA, but Global. You know, you worked on the movie, then WCW came around. Who was your in? At the WCW, how did you get into WCW? Um, pretty much Brad Rangans, the guy who trained me. Okay. And he was, with, I don't know who there. I think him and Paul Orndorff were hunting. They'd go hunting together a lot. And I don't know who else. Yeah. And Brad had, you know, he started in the AWA after the Olympics and all that. And started, he was actually training guys for burn. Yeah. And so he had a, this was seven years after I started, after Brad trained me, and he had me come down. He asked me to come down and help with a new session of students, and so I did. And I asked him, I said, Brad, it's been seven years. I said, what do I got to do to get a break? He says, well, the business <laughs> changes. It's all TV now. You've got to come up with something visual so that grabs people's attention and they won't change the channel. And that's when I came up with the mask gimmick. Yeah. And pictures of it and video footage of me rolling around in it. And they said, that's exactly what they've been looking for. So, mm. but the problem was I got hurt when they started on a nightly deal. Mm. And when I came, they had a dozen luchadors. So a mask really meant nothing after that, man. Yeah. So, so the Mr. JL character, we kind of talked about that already, but you literally wrestled a Mount Rushmore of talent. I mean, so at that time, Jerry Lynn, Chris Benoit, Dean Malenko, Eddie Guerrero, Chris Jericho, all of you guys are wrestling in the same promotion at that time. And you guys were putting on clinics in those matches. Talk about those. I'm, and when I first started doing squash matches for the AWA, yeah, you know, I worked with Larry Zabisco, Colonel De Beers. I worked with uh, Yokozuna when he was Coquina Maximus there. Yeah, I yeah. went to WWF and did squashes, and I worked. My first match there was Big Boss Man and Akeem when they were the Twin Towers. And I worked with uh, yeah. Bad yeah. Town. I, I can't. Uh, Rick the Model Martel. So I worked with a lot of legends, you know. And then in WCW, I got to work Flair in a singles. I think I worked him, Arn, and Pillman in a six man and. Uh, Hector Guerrero. Hector was amazing. Yeah. Oh, and the smoothest, best wrestler I've ever wrestled in my life. Brad really? Armstrong. Oh, yeah. Unbelievable. It was yeah. like I was in the ring with nobody. Yeah. That's amazing. We just talked about that because uh, I had Road Dog on uh, last week. And we talk, he asked me that because I, I said, I've had the pleasure of working with every one of you. Uh, you know, Scotty, Stevie, uh, Bullet. Brad and 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 Road Dog and and he quickly goes. Brad was the best, wasn't he? <laughs> <And I> said, <laughs> he was he was smooth, man. I mean, I only wrestled him yeah. once. It was a cold match, and yeah, we had a good match. But what I told him was, I wish that I could have like worked an angle with him. You know what I mean? Get to know each other and really have a just great matches together. And and like I told him, I said it, it, it was a good match, but I wanted more. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. And behind the scenes, Brad was one of the funniest guys in the business. Oh yeah. 
So after the WCW run, you then lead to ECW and quite possibly, in my opinion, it's it's one of your greatest feuds. I think, you, you know, I'll ask your opinion on that. But with Rob Van Dam, you guys, it seemed like you all had the same mind. Talk about that as far as the feud with Rob Van Dam. Well, it's funny. Like when I got there, I don't think Polly knew uh, who, like where I all wrestled and everything because uh, I only think, I think I only wrestled Sabu once in a singles match in ECW. And initially Sabu came up to me and said, yeah, Paulie wants us to only go five minutes. He goes, F that. <laughs> we had, I'd wrestled Sabu in Minneapolis and in Japan. And I don't think Paulie knew that. And then with Rob, I, Rob, I heard the same thing. He said he wanted them to eat me up in like six, seven minutes. And Rob said, no, I think we can do something good here. Yeah. So and so, uh, you know, after the, you know, and that's nice to Sabu and Rob. They didn't want to go out there and just squash me, you know? So right. we right. went out there and we did some good stuff and Polly liked it. So I think Rob and I were married for like a year and a half, two years. It was, you know, and at, you know, growing up, I mean, I started watching wrestling. This is embarrassing. Well, not embarrassing, but I'm aging myself. <laughs> I started watching wrestling in 1969 mm. and throughout the years. How old were you then? 20? I was, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm fucking and I'd crazy. always loved it, but I never thought about doing it. I, uh, that's another story. I just sort of, you know, found out about how you get into wrestling. And I thought, and I saw a few indie shows and I saw how bad they were. And I thought, huh, maybe I can do this. And I thought, you know, I was 25 when I started wrestling, yeah. but, uh, so growing up, I always hated watching two good guys wrestle. I wanted yeah. to see a good guy, bad guy match. Yeah, so when sure. Rob and I were wrestling, we were basically two good guys. And I thought, well, we've got to do something different and make this exciting for the fans to see two good guys wrestle. Plus I wanted to make it fun for me too. Right. Right. So, and it was, you know, and I knew Rob was so athletic and he could do just about anything. So I would always sit and come up with stuff of, you know, especially some cool little reversals in and out of this and that. And, and, uh, I don't know, I guess, you know, we both would just play off of each other and come up with some cool stuff. Was, was he, uh, cause I never worked Rob, unfortunately. Uh, I've always heard though, like, was he like super snug? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Let's put it this way. Uh, we played rough. I mean, it yeah. seemed like for a while there, uh, every other match, either he or I would or both of us would be hard weighed. Yeah. Like oh, we played rough. Yeah. <laughs> and then you walk back from the curtain and you go, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I always said anyone who wants to do this for a living has to be a little off center. Oh, and, and so maybe a little self-loathing because we know we are going out there and purposely destroying our bodies. So. Yes. Yeah. And then, like you said, we say thank you. <laughs> <laughs> That's the irony to me, though. I, I've always thought about that. I'm like, this motherfucker just beat the shit out of me. And then I walk back and I hug him and I tell him thank you. <laughs> <laughs> But I'm sure, you know, that's saved a lot of fights, at least, you know, that's <laughs> leave it in the ring, leave it in the ring. Yeah. Leading up after the Rob Van Dam feud, your October 1st, 2000, you actually win the ECW world title over just incredible who you also had a great match or two with there. Talk about that, man. How did that feel at that point? Um, 
Well, it's funny. I mean, it was probably one of the loudest things I'd ever heard <laughs> when I when the pin happened. But I think it's about a week or two out from the show. Paulie says to me, uh, he says, so how does it feel? You're going to, you know, win the belt coming up. And I said, I said, it's nice that it's going to raise me to that next level. I said, but you know, my main concern is I hope we can get the fans to really bite on some of the fall season on the finish. So I, I, and I always got the feeling that maybe he was kind of feeling me out to see if I'm a mark for a belt or not. Sure. But my main concern was the reaction of the people, you know, if getting them emotionally involved in the match. That's yeah. always been, that's what the business is about. Right. You know, and that's the main concern. So your role now at AEW is a uh, coach, correct? Correct. What does that involve? Oh, it, it involves a lot. Because, uh, you know, you're, you're trying to, you know, and, you know, the matches aren't mine. It's theirs. So I'll, you know, let them put it together. I got to, you know, relay them information, how much time you got, stuff like that. And, uh, I won't say all of it because I still like the kayfabe a little bit, but, uh, <laughs> you know, and it's their match. So let them come up with it. And if anything sticks out like a sore thumb, I'll make a suggestion. Right. Yeah. And yeah. it's up to them if they want to take it or not. Yeah. yeah. So, and, and, and my experience <laughs> just recently at, uh, Flair's gimmick, um, I was the producer agent for, uh, me bully and sin did the battle Royal. And then I had uh, the four-way match with Gresham and uh, the Japanese guy. and Takashita, and, yeah. Yeah, and a, and a couple other dudes. And I went to him, and I said, uh, hey, I've got something that I'd, I'd like for you guys to, you know, consider going into the finish, blah, blah, blah. I said, do whatever you want, but this would be good. And I gave him this whole thing. And uh, the Gresham kid says to me, uh, we'll take that into consideration. <laughs> I just went. Yeah. Cause okay. how long is he wrestling? <laughs> right. And I, I went right. and told, uh, I, cause they had already kind of prepped before it. He goes, they're not going to listen to you. That's what road dog said. And I said, <laughs> yeah, <"Okay."> I, <laughs> so it was just funny. And it was kind of like, all right. I mean, I would have never thought in a million years at that age and at that level or whatever, somebody comes to me uh, with that much experience and says this, but I tell them I'll take it into consideration. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. It's a whole new breed now. Yeah. You know, it's the way they were broke in, you know, yeah. when we yeah. broke in, they really weeded out who really didn't want it. Right. <laughs> and even Brad, Brad wasn't mean. He didn't kick your butt. He would show you what submission holds are supposed to feel like when they're applied. So you yeah. realize when someone's, when that move is slapped on you, you're either scrambling to get to the ropes for your life or you're tapping. It's not right. sit there rest or anything. So right. he, you know, he, he didn't want to waste his time. So he weeded out who really didn't want it. So it was a, it was a tough camp, but that's yeah. the problem. You've got so many camps out there in schools who they're just cash grabs. And they yeah. don't care about, you know, actually teaching you the right way or weeding out. Yeah, really and quite way. frankly, man, a lot of them ain't got no business training nobody, you know. Exactly. They're just, I don't know what, you know, what their pedigree is or whatever that makes them think they should be. But, uh, yeah. Uh, and also, then straight out of camp, they're being pushed as a big superstar on an indie. And they're right. going out and doing squash matches over and over and over. Yeah. And then not even teaching them to respect the business. I mean, I think everyone who goes 
through camp. They should know how to set up and tear down a ring. But now you run into people. Who, I mean, I ran into people when I was near the end of my career who thought they were too good to help set up a ring when I'd start grabbing rails and whatever and start helping because I want to make money tonight. If the ring yeah. gets their ring truck gets there late, I'm going to help set it up. I want to make some money. I'll help yeah. set up chairs. Yeah. But you can see these guys who've been wrestling two, three years. They're too good to do that stuff. And, right. and um, I think they're a big superstar. Right. You know? right. Yeah. But you yeah. know, you can't yeah. have a show. The whole show isn't just about you. I yeah. mean, good luck having a match without a referee. <laughs> you know, ref, you know, everyone's just a sound guy. Everyone's just as important. It's a team effort. Absolutely. So, you know, I guess we're speaking about AEW and your role in that. And I think that should lead us into our current affairs. What are you guys cool with that? Let's do it. All right. Current affairs. DJ, hit the music. It's a current affair. It's a current affair. All right, we're back with Current Affairs with Jerry Lynn. And Jerry, you know, obviously you've been all over from AWA to AEW. So to kind of take advantage of you being a, you know, an employee of that company, I'm going to ask you a few questions about AEW. So right now in AEW, current as far as it is, what do you think is the future of Ring of Honor in your opinion? Is it going to continue to be a separate thing, like an entirely different entity? or could it become like a smackdown you know to aew's raw that kind of thing what do, what do you think about the future of ring of honor i think it should be a separate entity and then because yeah. i've always i love the way we did the forbidden door pay-per-view i always thought vince really dropped the ball when he owned uh wcw ecw then he could have had kept each one separate and once a year have a big interpromotional pay-per-view absolutely but, Vince's ego wouldn't let that happen because he'd never put another brand over a WWE wrestler. Yeah, absolutely. So, so we have a really good possible uh, a chance to do some really cool stuff, you know, keeping it a separate entity. And then each year, even hopefully if we have a business relationship with New Japan, just have one big interpromotional pay-per-view every year. I think it would be a very successful thing. Yeah, I agree. Do you think they'll eventually have their own show on a TV station? I think, I don't know if they will or how it will get streamed. But I, you know, I would think that if he's going to keep it up and running and I mean, he, I would, I would think he's going to keep it up and running if he bought the company Yeah, and right. already we still showcase the pure title and the ring of honor title. Right. And so I think it's just a matter of finding what's the best Avenue to get it out to the public. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, you know, that's kind of leading me into my next question on current affairs. So basically, you know, I know that there's the Warner Brothers Discovery merger that's going on. And, you know, a lot of people are kind of up in arms, worried that it may affect Dynamite and, and things like that. But I just see excellent stuff from the possibility of an AEW streamer merger where, you know, they can kind of do in the recipe like they did with the Peacock and, and WWE, you know, at the same time, I I would love to see AEW if I pulled up HBO Max and stuff like that. What do you think are the possibilities with that? I couldn't tell you. Yeah. I mean, I like it could, it just depends on, it also depends on because the business always cycles, you know, like a roller coaster. Sometimes sure. it'll be hot. Sometimes it'll cool off. So it just, a lot of it's timing. Yeah. And, and yeah. you know, a lot of it is the, the right person, 
seeing it and liking it or not liking it. I mean, look at years ago when Time Warner merged with, uh, um, uh, what was his name? Who owned WCW? Like, am I my brain farting? Ted Turner? Uh, <laughs> or- Turner, yeah. Yeah. Well, when they merged, now you had different bigwigs to answer to, and they weren't happy with WCW losing money, and that's why it went under. So you just never know what's going to happen. It could be, you know, it's all timing and who either likes you or don't like you. Yeah, yeah. My next question is kind of, it's a little more open-ended, and, and please don't feel like you have to, you know, like I said, I'm not trying to put you on the spot or anything, but right now in wrestling, not just AEW, but all over, who are some of the stars that you really enjoy watching a match of? Oh, gosh, there's so many. Yeah. Um, uh, well, I enjoy watching... Oh, there's so many. <laughs> and, and I know a lot of, you know, people will criticize the Bucks, but I enjoy watching the Bucks. I enjoy watching Kenny. I enjoy watching Darby. I enjoy watching uh, Hangman. Um, yeah. Virginia uh, Tech boy. Um, Got to go for him. Yeah. <laughs> Adam Cole. And uh, oh, there's so much. Even some of the guys that aren't getting big pushes like J.D. Drake. He's great. Yeah. yeah. I, I could, I've been hitting the head a lot. So there's probably a lot of, well, Jay Lethal, man, I've, I've known Jay forever and he's really come along. Yeah. Um, right. And I really, really enjoying Sanjay and his, uh, heel role. Yeah, I agree. But, I love that little faction. I do. I enjoy yeah. that. Yeah. That big heater, dude. <laughs> that, you know, when yeah. JR first saw him, JR and his, I'm never going to imitate JR, but he said, that's the biggest son of a bitch I've ever seen in my life. And I was like, right. that's so great, you know? Uh, One of the biggest son of a bitches I've ever seen. And I, I enjoy watching Orange Cassidy. Yeah. And I, you know, I know a lot of purists out there. Oh, I hate that. And blah, blah. But when you think about it over the years, there's always been one guy who's been sort of a comedy gimmick. Right. Or, or, and the thing is with Orange, he can go. Yeah. You know? Right. Uh, yeah. And I did. So, I'll be honest with you, man. When I first saw him, I didn't get it. And and I don't really watch wrestling. So I had to, like, go and then watch. And then, like you said, he can go. I just didn't get it at first. And, and you know, again, like you said, there's always been that comedy gimmick. Fuck. Me and Jamie, when we first started, that was our shit was just doing funny shit at first till we switched baby yeah. face. And then started, you know, trying to carry the fucking promotion, but it was different, you know. And I'm gonna ask you this because I always ask about yeah. this. What is your opinion on Dan Housen? <laughs> I knew he was gonna ask. I knew oh. I was hoping. <laughs> I was hoping. I like. I was telling someone I miss when we would have Orange Cassidy just show up in the strangest places, yeah. like when someone brawled and busted a door open. There was Orange Cassidy standing there. Or when mm-hmm. someone reached to the ring and pulled out a ladder, there's Orange Cassidy laying on it. That's sort of like what Dan Housen has taken over. Mm-hmm. You know, right at first, would pop up in strange places. Um, you know, it's it's. I always said, all the every fan likes wrestling for a different reason. Some people like yeah. the scientific wrestling. Some people like the hardcore deathmatch stuff. Some people like a good guy bad guy match. Yeah, and some people like comedy Gaga. So we have, if you want to draw a bigger fan base, you have to give them a variety. We have to be a three ring circus. We can't mm-hmm. cater to just one type. Otherwise mm-hmm. you're not going to grow. Yeah. And so I think you have to give a variety if you want to build a larger fan base. So on, on him though, 
I guess my real question is like, he's a he's a very popular character. Do, what do you right. think they should do with him? I, I because I'll be honest with you, when I first saw him and everything, I loved the interviews, I loved his his delivery, all that shit. And then, and I've said this a hundred times on here, I was like, should I watch him wrestle? <laughs> and then I did, and I was like, nah. So well, I don't think they should put him in the ring, really. I mean, that's just my no. thing. With a gimmick like that, you have to use it very sparingly so people won't get tired of it and be and start yawning and go, yeah, been there, done that. Right. right. You know, you mm. be careful with characters like that. Honestly, I could see him as the next Pee Wee Herman. I mean, I really could see him as the the next Ernest P. Whirl. I mean, I could see him as this character that could be in movies. I mean, theoretically, well, he has great timing and comedy, you know, so. Well, he could be the next Ben Gooley. No, totally, and totally. Perfect example. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that would be perfect, actually. So, anyway. Well, you know, that pretty much is it for current affairs. You know, Jerry, definitely appreciate you coming on the show today. Jerry, do you have anywhere where the people can get in touch with you if they want to buy merchandise, anything like that? Well, I do have a few shirts at Pro Wrestling Tees, and then uh, I got my Twitter handle. It's it's uh, at it's Jerry Lynn. Otherwise, I don't have uh, really an email or a web page or anything like that. I, I've always been horrible at networking myself, but now I'm to the point where I really have to. It's a pain in the ass. <laughs> right? It's a full-time job. When I, it is. Do, the, they got do you still have the shirt that I designed for you? I Which one? I think I do. Remember the one that says sacrifice yes, and all yes. that? Black yep. and white? I, yep. I, that's on my pro wrestling tease site, and I have one hanging in my closet. That's oh. awesome. Yeah. 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 Still got one. So, folks, check that out. You can go to Pro Wrestling Tees. You can get a uh, T-shirt of Jerry Lynn that was designed by yours truly. Uh, thank you once again, Jerry, for coming on, man. It's been a while. You were supposed to come see me um, at the Ric Flair's last match, and you didn't. So I'm kind of hot at you, but whatever. <laughs> I know. I have been on the road much. <laughs> I love I you, my friend. Uh, yeah. Thank you for your friendship over the years. You've always been a good dude. And thank you, folks, for tuning in once again to Live and in Color with Wolfie D. For my co-host, Jimmy Across the Street and Jerry Lynn, this is Wolfie D saying peace out. And now a word from our sponsor. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Give Me Back My Pro Wrestling, the podcast that's based on the old school, but can still help you find the good stuff from today. Jimmy Street and the Plastic Chic Jared, are the undisputed tag team champions of the wrestling podcast world. From thought-provoking topics, to superstar interviews, to action figure expertise, this team does it all, and all they ask is, Give Me Back My Pro Wrestling! Every other Thursday, wherever you listen to podcasts. If you're a fan of rock music, I'd really appreciate it if you took a moment to check out my podcast. It's called the Decibel Geek Podcast. We've been doing it for about 10 years now. We talk about Kiss. We talk about Ozzy. We talk about Motley Crue and Guns N' Roses and Metallica. We talk about all the legends from the 60s and on, up to brand new bands that you should be hearing about today that you're not going to hear on the radio. 
It's Decibel Geek. Wherever you find your podcasts, you'll find us there. If you love rock and roll, I can almost guarantee you're going to love my show. Hey, this is the one-man goldmine, the one-man enterprise of professional wrestling and all entertainment, Flynn Hendricks. And you better believe when I'm looking for a good podcast to listen to, I go to my own. I go to the I Know You Hear Me podcast hosted by me, Flynn Hendricks. That is such a fresh perspective for how you should look at life, too. Like, I just, I love that. And then when I'm feeling spooky, I go to my other podcast, Tales from the Haunt, where myself, yeah. I want my head shoved inside a 15-pound silicone mask more. You know, I want to have a bucket of sweat coming off me at the end of the night. And just Jeff. Dogs don't lay eggs, <laughs> I hate you so much. Talk to other scare actors about what it takes to get into the world of scare acting. So if you're curious about how people became professional wrestlers, actors, prioritized their mental health, became entrepreneurs, avoided burnout, or got into scare acting, you need to go check out I Know You Hear Me and Tales from the Haunt, available on all podcasting platforms. And I know you hear me. If you're a pro wrestling fan, there's something for everyone at the Cheap Heat TV Podcast Network. From the Pro Wrestling Discussion Show... Cheap Heat TV Live to the interview show, the Jackson Interaction Podcast with the king of all wrestling media, Gene Jackson, to the silliness of the Whitey Jenkins Show and the brand new Zip, Xander's Irresistible Podcast with Charles Anders. You can check them all out and much more over at CheapHeatTVLive.com. So that was another great episode. Hey, Wolfie, tell them where they can find you on social media. Jimmy, they can find me in the club, bottle full of bub. I'm just kidding. Uh, they can find me on Facebook. Uh, my personal page is Warren Wolf, W-O-L-F-E. Uh, I'm on Instagram, at WarrenWolf13. You can always find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, at LiveWolfieD. And then on YouTube, at Live and in Color with Wolfie D Podcast. Our website is anchor.fm slash Wolfie D. Here's the thing. Wolfie always has offers for his autographed photos. He has a selection of some awesome photos from throughout his career that he will autograph and personalize any way that you want him to. Just contact him either directly at his personal Facebook page or through any one of our other pages, and we'll make sure you get in contact directly with Wolfie. Get those photos, right, Wolfie? Yeah, I've got some good stuff on there, you know, to help with the podcast. Folks, if you can't get out to a show to meet Wolfie D, there's nothing like that, especially for the fans of PG-13 and Wolfie D. Also, do you have a product or business you'd like Wolfie D to talk about? Let us know about it by leaving a recorded message over at anchor.fm slash Wolfie D slash message. Leave your name and contact info and we'll get back to you. Once again, that's anchor.fm slash Wolfie D slash message. And before we go, you can always find me your host jimmy street at james rock street on twitter instagram and youtube and hey jimmy before we go real quick i just want to add in there uh from the bottom of my heart i really appreciate first of all the work you've done for this podcast you have worked your butt off secondly the people that are liking the page beyond that even more is the people that are listening and we really appreciate that yeah and remember guys the podcast drops a new episode every monday at noon and our past episodes are streaming now on demand on all major podcast formats thanks again i got a cat for you don't he got a cat for you don't i got a cat for you
This has been a James Rock Street production.